Real people, real conversations over coffee. This is Meet Me for Coffee. How you doing? This is Artie Hoffman. I just want you to meet me for coffee. So tell me about psychic spirituality. How'd you get into it? Well, I had everything going right and well in my life. All the way up until the age of 27, things were going really, really well. Even afterwards actually went well, but, but I didn't feel fulfilled. You know, I was married, had a nice house, nice cars, financially okay. My wife's family loved me. My family loved her. It's like everything was fine in my world. I had lots of friends, still do. But something was missing, and I didn't feel fulfilled inside. And so I'm sitting in my home office, and I have that conversation with God. And I said, God, I said, I need answers. I need clear answers. I said, please don't scare the hell out of me. I said, I need something more than what's just what is. And so I go upstairs after that little conversation, and I'm going through my junk mail that's sitting on the kitchen counter. And usually I just throw it out. I don't have patience for that. And there was this one postcard that I looked at, and it said, how would you like to develop your psychic ability and intuitiveness? Go to the Edgar Casey Foundation for this one weekend seminar. So I looked at it, and I said, wow, I didn't know you could learn how to do this. I thought either you had it or you didn't. And I wasn't looking at it like it was the answer to my prayers. I just was wondering if I could do it just for shits and giggles. So I asked my wife, who was my wife at the time, I said, you want to try this? This looks pretty interesting. She goes, oh, I don't give a crap about that. She goes, if you want to do it, you could. She goes, I'm not interested. So I went away to the Edgar Casey Foundation in Virginia Beach. And there was about 50 of us in one room from all different parts of the country. You know, uh, we were all sitting together and we're listening to the speaker. And they were putting us in that spiritual zone, you know, that calmness. And they were playing this beautiful, soft music. And then they broke us up into groups. And they said, whoever you're with, just share your thoughts with the person. Don't judge it. And don't worry if it doesn't make sense to you. Just share with the person whatever information comes to your head. Go, just go by your first gut instincts. So I was doing that. And people were telling me how accurate I was with the information that I was giving them about their life. And like, I just could not believe that this existed. You know, I said, damn, I mean, to meet someone for the very first time and to be able to get visions, thoughts and visions about what was going on about a perfect stranger's life. And again, people were telling me how accurate it was. I was just like blown away. And as people were doing that to me as well, after that one weekend, I was so blown away and so excited. And so uh, I went home and I got myself a deck of spiritual cards and I was reading for friends and family for the next few years, just for the fun of it. And then people were telling me how accurate my readings were. And again, I was just doing it just for the fun of it. Before you know it, I got to a point in my life where I needed some extra money. So I said, what can I do to make some extra money other than the money that I'm making now? And I said, you know what? I know how to do readings. And I threw an ad in the paper and it said, if I don't pull through, no charge. Psychic readings. If I don't pull through, no charge. Well, psychic and medium readings. And 90% of the people who came in paid me, 90%. And then just by word of mouth, my... um, popularity kind of took off and now it's 31 years later over 31,000 people I've read for in my life been on tv been on the radio all over the place I have my own national international Facebook live show I'm a life coach a medium a psychic and I've helped heal like thousands of people literally thousands of people. When I say heal, I'm talking not just physically, but emotionally, spiritually and emotionally. 
and I help people see things through different eyes, through a different point of view. And when you could see things through a healthy perspective of your life or the situation, what you're going through, it's not always the problem that's the problem. The problem is how you're dealing with the situation is what could resolve something. So if you're an emotional basket case, then it's going to be hard to resolve whatever the problem is or the situation is. But if you have a healthy perspective on what's really going on with everything, a lot of situations has to do with coming to a place of acceptance of what is and not what you were hoping it to be or what, or, or what you think it should be because it is what it is. So not only do I give people a healthy state of mind, a, a way of thinking, I give them back their power when I do that, but I'm also to see things in the future, what I see for them, and by them now making healthier choices in their life based on their reading with me, their future becomes better. Because if I just started reading for people, that's my bird in the background, I have two birds. <laughs> if I just started reading for people just based on their energy when they first walked in, a lot of times I would think that their reading would suck because their attitude sucks. It's not that great. But once I give them a healthy perspective on their life or the situation, what they're dealing with, then the, the quality of their life changes. So, so this it, has become it, bigger than you thought it was going to be, right? Are you doing it? You're doing this like as a full time thing now. Oh, yeah, this is a full-time thing that I do. And the interesting thing is I also have a window cleaning power washing business that runs itself. Wow. And it's called Peeping, and it's called Peeping Tom's Window Cleaning. Peeping Tom's. So I've had that for 36 years. Hey, you know what? This is pretty crazy. So if I were to say, give me a reading right now, you've never met me before. We've talked a few times. What can you say about me? Hold on a second. Let me see what I get. Well, what I'm picking up with you is like, you're a fighter and you don't like to give up. You don't like to lose. It's almost like not in your DNA. You know, a lot of people will give up easily when things don't go right. But when you're very passionate about something or someone, you don't give up too easily. You'll keep on going and you'll rework it and rework it and rework it. And I feel like when you get stressed out, it's like every now and again, you'll just stop what you're doing and you might like, you know what? I need a beer or I need a drink or I need a like or, or a cigarette or whatever it is that you do. But it's like you when you're when you start getting stressed out, you say, you know what? I need to take a break. And then you just chill out for a little bit and then you get back into whatever it is that you're doing. That's exactly me. What about like, say, my future? Like, what can you tell me about my future? For all those listening right now, this is actually real. It's actually actually happening so just so everyone knows we're not in the same studio right now we're yeah. we're totally apart and we never physically met each other or anything so as far as your future goes wow you don't have any kids now do you i have two daughters and one new boy oh okay all right hold on yeah well you are i do see you being a very very good multitasker try to be i also see you becoming very involved in your kids lives i don't see you just doing your thing and just dropping the ball and leaving the responsibility in mom's hands no i try um, not to yeah and i do see you trying to be hands-on as much as possible you know it's funny it's like i see you also the type of dad where even though the kids you, you like to make yourself laugh and even though the kids can't fully appreciate what you're saying, you say things to them that make you laugh. And like, you'll say silly things to them, but it's like, they don't get it. But you, it's like, it, it almost reminds me of who's talking. Do you remember that movie with uh, John Travolta 
and the little okay. boy is is there and they're talking and, and and it's with Christy Alley and John Travolta. I know which one you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. So it's almost like I feel like you have like a little comedy scene going on with your kids. Like even though they might not always understand what you're saying, or I don't know, maybe your 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 wife does this or whatnot. But it's like. You know, I'm seeing like like being funny with them, being fun and funny with them. But sometimes you just make yourself laugh because sometimes the humor is above them. But not all the time, but sometimes. I try and be as fun as possible. You know, you know, I, I believe that parenting should be fun and you should not be as strict as our parents were, right? So Right. And one of your kids is going to follow in your footsteps doing the same kind of job that you're doing. Really? The radio thing? Yes. It's either your middle one or your youngest one has that has the charisma and the enthusiasm to want to be on air. And at a young age, one of your kids is going to want to go on the air with you. And that's already like in the, that's already kind of happened. You know, one of the, the middle one has always wanted to do a podcast with me and, you know, she's very outgoing and she, I can tell. And she's going to stick with it because believe it or not, that's her passion. Amazing. And so no, and, I feel like if you find a niche for her to be excited about, to talk about, she would do it. How old is she? She's eight. If you gave her a topic or something to talk about, if you just gave her a few minutes to talk about something that she's excited about, then that's all she needs. She just needs to, you can't give her too much. She wants to do more than what she's capable of. Okay. She's not able to carry a whole show, but you can give her a small segment where it's exciting that she could talk about something interesting that she found out for herself. She really is like that. She always tries to tell me things that I don't know, but I've actually explained it to her in the past, you know, very hands-on and she's very smart. And, um, but you have to teach her what she needs to be taught is discipline because she doesn't know boundaries. She doesn't know. She needs, she just needs to learn discipline. I agree. And and if you could teach her discipline while being said, you know, and if you did a practice run with her at home and then say, all right, you see how long we are. This is how long you have. You can't go on the whole time with dad. I'm willing to give you this amount of time and what you just talked about, we just talked about, and she's going to get all excited and, and say, okay, that's good. That's really good. And you have to let her know you can't just run on and go on and go on and go on and repeat and repeat and repeat, you know, because she just loves to hear herself talk. She just loves to be in the thick of things. When you look at somebody or you talk to somebody for the first time, can you describe the feeling you get when all these uh, images pop into your head? You know, when I'm with somebody, see, I'm off all the time. The only time I'm on is when I want to be on. So when I'm out in public, it's not like, you know, I'm, I'm bouncing off of everybody else's energy. I have a protective mechanism from the white light, you know, from Archangel Michael and from God's white light. And, and I have this protective mechanism that I'm not being bombarded by everybody else around me. So when I do want to read people, you know, uh, when I see them in person, I hold their hand and I get thoughts and images about the person right away. I'll, I'll get stuff off the person. And uh, sometimes it's not consciously what they say they want to know, but I'll go into something that's even deeper that's bothering them or something that they need to address that they're not addressing. So it's almost like there's, you saw the movie Ghost? Of course. 
Well, it's like I have a Patrick Swayze that talks to me. So what I'm getting is, so there are times where when I'm reading somebody and I'll hear a song in my head, whatever that song is about, that's what's going on with the person. I'll get pictures of, of images. Um, I'll get videos of images. Um, I hear people talking to me or I'll hear a song. I'll say, all right, just share with me the information. They know. The spiritual world knows. I have, a, I have a rapport with the spiritual world. I have a language with the spiritual world. And they know how to send the images into my thought that I could really zone into the person so that I could give them the information. Like, I didn't know jack crap about your daughter. I, I mean, I, I never even met you in person. I never really, we never really spoke. No. So for me to tell you something about your daughter, I see one of your kids wanting to follow in the same light. You know, so they're telling me something about one of your kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting trying to wrap my head around um, the whole spiritual and psychic thing. You have to understand, it's not, see, when I was reading you, uh, i put it this way, to prove to you how well the spiritual world works. Now, mind you, you and I aren't even physically together, and I was able to tell you things about yourself. And then what makes it even better is that I'm telling you something about your daughter who's not even with you right now. But yet the spiritual world is telling me something of what's going on in your life, and she's not even with you. Yeah, it's absolutely so, crazy. Yeah. So it's not about the physical to the physical. It's like, like, Artie, how can you read me? Well, it's not, I'm not, you don't have to physically be with me. You know, I've read for people in Ireland, in Australia, in South Africa, in Italy. I've read people all around the world and, uh, you know, all over the place, all over the country. So what it is, it's spirit to spirit is who I'm communicating to. And so the spiritual world, there are no boundaries in the spiritual world. You know, love and energy has no boundaries. Spirituality has no boundaries. What's your website called? ArtieHoffman.com. And uh, you have a uh, Facebook page. How to, what is it? Angels and, uh, what, what is it called? Angels and Answers. Angels and Answers. And you, you wrote a book? Is that what happened? Yeah, I ended up writing a book. Like I couldn't even sleep at night because the angels were communicating to me and my thoughts. And uh, it got to a point where I was literally, I couldn't go to bed till like one, two, three o'clock in the morning because the information was just pouring into me. And then finally, you know, and I wrote it many years ago. And finally, my girlfriend looked at, at who I was dating at the time. She was looking at my book at some of the pages, says, Art, she says, you got you to you gotta do something. You got to make this a book. She goes, I'll help you. She goes, I'll type it up for you really nicely. She goes, but you need to put this out there. And so I, I did. She helped me and I put it out there and it manifested. And um, yeah, so she was the fire under my ass that helped me get things going. So you, so, you believe you have a very strong spiritual intuition into God and Jesus and the angels um, what can you tell us about the, is there an afterlife? Um, 100% to think that this is your only, that this is the only life you're 100% naive. If you don't think that there's other lives going on at the same time as us. And if you don't think that there's life after death, there's a hundred percent, a thousand percent there's life after death. It, it, so I'm going to explain something to you to help you understand this. Your physical body, all right, your physical body, that's not who you are. Your physical body isn't who you are. Your soul is who you are. And your soul is expressing itself using your physical body. 
once your physical body dies, that's what dies is the physical body. But the soul and the spirit that's within you lifts up out of the body when your body dies, lifts up out of the body and goes into a different dimension. But you will never die. The soul never dies. We just go to the next dimension. You go to the next dimension, right. I, I always, I, I, I've heard that, you know, I, I, I'm in like so many dimensions and there's different possibilities. Like, for example, like I would have lived my life single. I would live, you know, different possibilities, probabilities in each dimension. Do I go to the next dimension or my next life? Is that what happens? Yeah, you go into a different dimension. Exactly. That's it, exactly what it is. Would it be the exact same life I'm living now? No, no, no. no. Because on the other side, it's purely unconditional love. Um, everybody knows everyone's business because the ego doesn't exist in heaven. The ego doesn't exist on the other side. Time and space does not exist on the other side. Time and space only exist here on earth. Why are we here? If there's just a dimension we go to after this. Because we're here to, to learn and grow, to spiritually grow. We're, the reason why we're here is because we need to learn about love, unconditional love. We need to learn about forgiveness. We need to learn about compassion. We need to learn about blind faith. And you have to learn about trust. So before you were born, what year were you born? 1988. All right. So if you're in, say, 1986, and you're hanging out in the spiritual world, all right, before you're born, you were hanging out with your spirit guides and your angels. It's like a class in a sense, if you want to call it like that. And they're saying to you, all right, what is it? These are the lessons you're going to have to learn in this lifetime. So what experiences do you want to choose to go through to learn about these kind of experiences? Because we're, we're going through these challenges so that we could spiritually grow. So we are the ones that pick our parents. We are the ones that pick how we're going to die and when we're going to die. We already know that before we're born because we picked it. We already know the major players, the major people that are going to be in our life. And we already know all the major challenges that we're going to be dealing with going into this lifetime. As soon as you're born, you're blessed with amnesia because now it's time to play the game of life according to all the pieces you pick. And I always tell people, for us to spiritually grow, it's almost like trying to become a really good boxer. If you want to become a really good boxer, you have to learn to take a good ass kicking. <laughs> and so for a lot of us in this lifetime, we're, we're, we're taking a lot of good ass kickings. You know, a lot of people say, well, why would I choose poverty? Or why would I choose abuse? Or have parents that are alcoholics? Or choose a partner who's drugs? Or why would I want to deal with all this crap with love and, and losing a loved one? And you're like, why would I want to choose all these bullcrap situations? Blah, blah, blah. Because this is what's to help you learn about true life situations. And you want to spiritually grow. If you let go of all fear in your life, if you let go of all fear in your life and you let go of expectations, your life will blossom more grander than you could ever dream about, ever imagine. If you were to allow yourself just to let go of all fear. And a lot of people are so afraid to move on in their life because they're afraid of the unknown. They're afraid to leave their relationship because they're afraid they'll be alone or they're afraid they don't know who else is going to be coming into their life or they choose to stay in a job that they can't stand because they're afraid that they're not going to have the same income or they're afraid to lose their benefits. They're afraid. So they have what's known as golden handcuffs. 
golden handcuffs when you're in a job or a relationship or a situation that you don't like, you're not happy with, but yet you're afraid to leave. It's by your choice, golden handcuffs. Nothing's holding you back, but the benefits are just good enough about their situation, about your job, about your relationship. The benefits are just good enough to keep you there, but you don't have to stay there, golden handcuffs. So what are you willing to give up? What risks are you willing to take to get ahead? And how hard are you willing to work to get there? And just because other people don't share in the same visions as you, it doesn't mean that you're wrong. Because if I, if I followed the thoughts of my parents and the thoughts of my brothers, I would not be talking to you right now. I would not be a psychic right now. If I followed according to what my parents wanted me to be or how my brothers thought I should be. And not that my brothers were judgmental, they're really not. But they just wanted me to try to get my act together when I was younger. They didn't think that I had it going on. But I, I knew I had it going on, you know, with my cleaning business and then with my spirituality. I knew, I knew what I, 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 but I stayed true to myself. Even though other people could not appreciate my own vision. You know, I read, a, I read in a story a long, long time ago. It said the definition of a genius is somebody who could see a target that no one else could see, and yet you hit a bullseye. That's the definition of a genius. And just because they can't see it or appreciate it, it doesn't mean it's not true. So are you going to allow their fears to become your fears and then stop you? Or you could say, all right, you could feel or think what you want, but I'm still going to do what I feel I need to do. But you still got to take care of responsibilities while you're going after what you're going after. You know, unless if you have a silver spoon in your mouth, you have somebody who could financially support you while you're going after your dreams. And if not, well, you still have to be responsible to yourself and your family to try to support your income. And then on your part time, then you go after your dreams until it can become financially sufficient enough to become something full time. Right. Those are great analogies. The golden handcuffs. I never thought about that in that perspective. Um, when we talk about finding your soulmate, you, you're a life coach, you're a psychic, you're a medium. You, you have, you've got like the, the full on package for someone to just come and talk to you, which is amazing. But to have the whole marriage thing, you find your soulmate. Is your soulmate like uh, destined for you from the beginning? Well, you already know, not everybody is actually, you know, your soulmate isn't necessarily your lover. Your soulmate could be your best friend. Your soulmate could be one of your parents. Your soulmate could be one of your children. Your soulmate could be a coworker. It's like you're in the zone with each other and we all have more than one soulmates in this lifetime. It's not just a lover. And there are times when you have what's known as like a twin flame. A twin flame is when you have that special incredible dynamic between two people where the two of you are on completely the same wavelength. And then the interesting thing is that a lot of people feel like they're alone in this lifetime where they're not connected to a loving soulmate relationship because there are times where your true love is still over on the other side. They didn't come to earth at the same time you did. And then in the following life or in the previous life, you were on the other side while they were here. And then there are times where the both of you are in the same life. It doesn't mean that just because you have a soulmate or a twin flame that the two of you are going to share at the same time, the same experiences. Sometimes people don't meet their twin flame, their true love until later on in life because there was personal lessons that both of them had to go through for their own karmic reasons. And then it's not until they're 30, 40, 50, or 60, maybe 70, until that they meet their twin flame. And then they live the rest of their life happily ever after. Wow. And that happened to me. That's 
you know, that's why, you know, I, I've thought about asking you that question. What about when people say you have a birthmark or whatever, is that really how you died in the, per, in the past life? Yep. That's exactly what it is. When you have a major birthmark on your body, that's exactly where you were shot or stabbed right at that place. If you have a major birthmark. Now, not everyone has a birthmark because not everybody was, was shot or, or stabbed or, or died in an accident. You know, it was really interesting. There was a story one time where I was doing a reading, a reading for this one lady and I was doing an arty party. I do what's known as arty parties, you know, psychic parties. People you know, hire me to go to their house and I read for their friends and family one at a time. Or I can read for them in groups where everyone's in the same room and I make it very entertaining. But I also read for individuals where, you know, I'll go to someone's house and they'll put me in one of the bedrooms or in the basement, you know, and then, you know, individuals come one at a time and I read each one for like a half hour each and, uh, and I tell them about themselves. So this one lady, as soon as she sat down in front of me, and I usually don't do past life regressions, that's not my forte, although it does come to me sometimes. And I said to the lady, I said, I just want you to know that in your previous life, you were forced by gunpoint or by a sword to walk the plank of a ship and you died drowning in the ocean. But you had to walk the plank and you were blindfolded and you were pushed off the ship and you drowned. And she goes, you want to know something that totally makes sense to me? She goes, because nothing ever happened to me in this lifetime and I never knew why. I was deathly afraid of the ocean and ships. I would not go. I would not go on a cruise, and I'm afraid of the ocean. Was it just an image that came in your head? Exactly. It was like a whole story came to me just as she was walking downstairs. I was looking at her. I saw a whole image. Like you know, what's one of your favorite movies? Uh, let's say Green Mile. All right. Yeah, I love that movie. So right now, in your thoughts, you ha- you know what the whole Green Mile was about, right? Yes. Because you saw it. Of well, what happened was. I saw a whole image, like you saw the Green Mile. I saw a whole image of knowledge in that moment, the entire thing in that moment while she was walking downstairs before she walked to me. And I saw her in that whole image of her, of of how she died in the past life. For whatever reason, she needed to know that. So now she could break her fears from being why she was afraid of ships and why she's afraid of the ocean. So now she doesn't have to be afraid. She understands why. She goes, there was no incident that happened to me. I didn't almost drown. I never had a bad issue with a boat or a ship or, or anything. There was no problems with it, with the water in my life. In this lifetime, I never had a problem with it, but yet I was always afraid of it. So how long is the changeover? So I die right now, for example. How long is the changeover to my next life? A person is different. If, you commit, if somebody commits suicide, they will be reborn into another family that will lead them to the exact same circumstances that they just tried to run away from. So in other words, before you're born into this world and you have all these challenges, all right, God said to you, I love you unconditionally and I don't care what you do because I'm giving you free will to do with whatever you want and I'm not going to stop you and I love you unconditionally. However, there's this thing called karma and there is this thing called cause and effect. So whatever you create in your life, you have to be responsible for all your actions for cause and effect. So a lot of people cause a lot of nasty stuff in their life and they go into drugs or they steal or they, you know, found out, I don't know, uh, they just found out they were caught embezzling and they're going to go to jail for 55 years or their lover cheated on them and it became overwhelming. And so it's like, I can't take the pain anymore. I'm going to kill myself so I don't have to deal with the emotional pain. So you created everything that you have in your life, believe it or not, you've created it all. 
And so now you don't like what you've created. And so you say, you know what? I'm out of here. And what happens is that the people who committed suicide, they're going to be reborn right back into a family that will lead them to the exact same circumstances they just tried to run away from because they have to deal with the responsibilities of what they created in a previous life. Do you believe that, um, have you heard of the, uh, the, it's called the secret where they talk about, you can, you have the, the best mindset or you have a good optimistic mindset, you can gravitate things towards you. Is that, is that true? 100% true. Yeah. But you're also, you are what your atmosphere is. You become what your atmosphere is. You are according to what your friends are. Okay. Well, I the, the, the people, the people who you allow into your life, you become the atmosphere that you are, you become because energy breeds energy. So for me to become spiritual in the way that I am, I needed to disassociate and disconnect myself from my friends who I grew up with because they saw me as this kid who was always joking around. You can never take me seriously. I joked around nonstop. I was also the butt of a lot of jokes. People didn't take me seriously. So for me to be taken seriously for where I wanted to be, where I wanted to go, I had to separate myself from people, including my, my wife, because they didn't like who I was becoming or, or they, they just you know, wouldn't respect me in the way of how I wanted to be respected. So I had to disconnect myself so I could reinvent myself and now, and now that I've made myself a name, they look at me and like, oh my God, Artie, you're this, you've done that. I never would have been able to do that had I have stayed with the same people in the same environment. Now, now going back um, to the suicide thing, uh, this kind of popped in my head. So you, do you end up living the same result over and over again because of karma or you have to, to better yourself in the next life after that? deal with the circumstances a bit better and then fulfill your life. And then it goes on or, you know what I mean? When you go in life for the second time, based on you killing yourself, if it's karma, and you're not going to be with the same people that you were with in this lifetime, if you committed suicide, because it's, it's a whole new set of people. It's a whole new set of dynamics. Like I said, you're going to deal with a lot of the same circumstances until you overcome it. If you're able to, be forgiving. And that's why I said, you have to learn about forgiveness, compassion, about trust, blind faith, patience, you know? So it's like, hopefully you'll get it on the next go around. And if, and there are people, there are some people who end up killing themselves again and again, and they restart again and again, you know, and you don't have to learn. Right. 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 And you don't have to go back right back into life if you don't want, but you're not going to spiritually grow. But as a spirit, you want to get to that super highest level of heaven where Jesus is, where Moses is, where Mary is, where Abraham is. You want to get to that highest level of heaven. That's where it's like the ultimate, ultimate place. But man, you need to have the patience of a saint and it's it's tough. I mean, listen, I'm a very spiritual guy and, and I go through my mofo moments. Believe me, I go through my very angry, upset moments and, um, you know, and, and uh, but most people, I don't show that to the public. You know, I, you know, I'm human like everybody else. So, but um, 
you know, people a lot of times will ask me or ask my partner in life, um, you know, they'll say, you know, who, who's ever my wife or my girlfriend or whatever, is Artie always this happy? Oh my God, I wonder what it's like to be married to a psychic or what is it like to be married to Artie because he's like always so happy-go-lucky or he's got, you know, but I'm still a human being behind the scenes and stuff. It's like when I'm out in public, I just want to put my best foot forward. I don't want people to feel sorry for me. I don't want to carry a grudge with anybody. I don't want to be in a crap mood. You know, if I want to be in that kind of mood, I'd rather just be by myself and I'll deal with it, you know? Or, you know, I have one or two friends who I'll talk my crap to and, you know, just to vent, you know? But you always you always got to try to put your best foot forward and and everyone has guardian angels around them 24-7, always. And if you ask your guardian angels to intervene into your life, you give them permission to intervene into your life on a daily basis. This is how I start off my day. I call upon all my loving guardian angels. Thank you very much for intervening into my life. Thank you for blessing me with peace, happiness, balance, and serenity. Thank you for bringing true love into my life. Thank you for bringing in health and lots and lots of prosperity. In the name of the Holy Spirit, amen. And then when things happen, I just choose to let it go. You know, if things are not going in my favor, I just have to let go of fear. I just have to let go of, well, that sucks, but there's nothing I could do about it. And then the angels have a way of just making things better because you get out of your own way. But the more you try to control a situation, the more you try to control your partner, the more you try to control a situation, the less control you have. It's like having a bar of soap in your hand, all right? If you keep a wet bar of soap in your hand with your hands open, it's going to stay there. If you try to squeeze the wet bar of soap because you want more control than what it's supposed to be, the, the, the uh, bar of soap is going to slip out of your hands because you're trying, you're, you're obsessive. Whatever you obsess, you won't possess. You have to trust. Hardy, can you tell me two things that will happen to the world in the next two years? Trump will 100% win the election. I agree. And um, the stock market and the real estate market is going to crash in December or January. More so than it did just before. Want to add one more to that list? And gold and silver is going to go through the roof. If you want to earn a lot, a lot, a lot of money now, put your money, put a lot of money of your money into silver because silver, it's only like $15 an ounce. It's going to be worth hundreds of dollars an ounce within the next year because the dollar value is going to go way down. And finally, Artie, we just had coffee. How do you take your coffee? Do you drink coffee? No, but I'll take tea. <laughs> Orange Pico tea. Sure. Awesome. So uh, let's tell the listeners again where they can find you. So if you go to artiehoffman.com, you'll see a lot of different videos on myself with a lot of different topics. Uh, it talks about God, love, uh, relationships, spirituality. Um, you're going to learn a lot. I have like a bunch of five-minute videos that I do that you're really going to appreciate. I touch on a lot of different subjects. Um, I also sell my book, Angels and Answers. Um, 
on my website and um, or you can buy it through uh, Amazon and um, again it's called Angels and Answers by Artie Hoffman um, if you want to reach me for a private reading over the phone or by Skype or in person whatever if you want to have an Artie party or an event um, I do fundraisers as well uh, you can reach me Artie Hoffman at Gmail or you can give me a call or text me at 732-778-7173. And I'll say it again, 732-778-7173. And it was a great pleasure sharing time with you.